This is a great episode of the Nerdatorium, but let me tell you what happened before this episode of the Nerdatorium. I came in to talk about what was on this episode of the Nerdatorium in this, the prequel to the episode you're about to listen to, where we discuss prequels and make some controversial statements about them. This will be the Nerdatorium. Hey everybody, welcome to a sizzling hot take episode of the Nerdatorium, a Geek Fruit podcast. My name is Tejas, with me are Jishnu and Dinkar, my co-host. Hello boys, Hello. how are you today? Hello. Um, I'm okay. Wow. Wow. Mm. Uh, I'm usually the... Some enthusiasm, exactly. No, it's like I, now I, I the, now, now the goal is... You're making me look good. <laughs> the goal is to go lesser than Jishnu yeah. <laughs> in energy. Yeah, I'm okay. Alright, that's fine. I don't care because we have enough... Interesting things to say today on our episode that will perhaps bring back some of the energy that we've lost. We have some stuff that'll work us up into a frenzy, dare I say. All right. Jugs will be frenzied by the end of the episode. I love a frenzy, Jugs. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) All right. So, what's going to get us all in ATZ? So, we are going to make some statements and then debate them. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's about it. All right. I like this format. We've done it once before, it was great. According to our producer. (laughs) But we are uh, trying out this format where we're going to issue some statements. In this episode, actually, Dinka, you have apparently some statements for us. And then Jishnu and I will take turns in... Actually, Dinka, you can also throw in your your scent or two Mm -hmm. and say whether you strongly agree, agree, disagree or strongly disagree. Remember the format, guys. All right, we have a format for this episode, all right? Let's We're going to make Let's some statements. That's it. I think this is a format for an episode. We should freestyle. We, <laughs> oh, we haven't ever done that one before. Just no, only freestyle. Okay. No topics. Cool. But speaking of topics, I have a topic for you today. Here's a long time ago, before this happened, mm-hmm. there was a part of our lives where we discussed what we do on this episode. The prequel to this episode, if you will. Nice. And it was highly uninteresting. Okay. So, here's my statement. Is prequelitis? Prequelitis is. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. It's got to be in the form of a statement. It is in the form of a statement. Fuck it up. <laughs> prequelitis is the new sequelitis. I want to start by Discuss. saying something. I want to start by saying that the, the suffix of itis greatly no, offends me. Strongly agree, agree, disagree, not, or strongly I'm disagree. Not, Yo, I'm, I'm stick with the format. I'm not it starting is. with the format. I'm just talking about the statement itself and the wordings. Okay? Right. The itis part of it implies that this is a disease. Yes, and that I, is, I am saying it. I'm not even implying it. <laughs> you are stating the it. The disease, prequelitis, is the new disease. <laughs> sequelitis. I don't like this. I, I'm offended by this itis. Hello. All the great things that we love are sequels or prequels. No. Or something. Let me put it this way. All the great things that we love have prequels and sequels. Disagree. Okay, <laughs> you fucking you know, Toy Story 3 naysayer. God damn it. I don't naysay Toy Story 3. I yay-say it. Yeah, then, then you like sequels. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't like Yeah, sequels. exactly. All right. So, here's my format. Here's my take. format answer. Yeah, yeah. Here's my formatted answer for <laughs> yeah. you. I've removed all formatting and now I shall add some font so and press shape. tab. Tab it. <laughs> okay, so here goes. Disagree. Not strongly. But I disagree that prequelitis so is the new sequelitis. you say that prequelitis is not the new sequelitis? No, I think... Uh, I think, you know, when Star Wars, the prequels came out, I think it popularized the term, you know, and made it more of a thing. I mean, the fact that... You mean that, the term prequel? Yeah, I yeah. think it popularized it. 
I think it existed, but I think it popularized it to a degree that you know people started thinking about long form storytelling. And now that we have OTTs and things and and companies that own many of these IPs, they have the ability to to go back and tell longer stories that are connected. And Marvel and DC and all of these companies are responsible for this kind of thing over the last ten years. So I don't think it's the new sequelitis. I think it has been part. Of the way of telling stories, like you know, it one of the things we were talking about has been a way of telling stories. Of course, like we all know, in 1915, the film Der Golan came out. Of course, <laughs> and, I missed uh, that one in the theater. I mean, it, it was a 1915 German silent horror film directed by Paul Wegner and Henrik Gelin, oh, as right. we all know. It's, it was one of the expressionist classics. It was. It told the story of the rabbi Judah Lo Ben Bezalel, who mm-hmm. created the Golem to protect his people from anti-Semites. So when we say the Golem, we mean the actual OG Golem, like the stone Golem. The Golem, yes. Nice. And okay. of course. In 1920, the prequel to the Golem came out. The Golem, call, uh, colon, <laughs> the Golem, Golem. What, what a mess! How he came into the world. It's called Golem, colon. How he came into the world. It's called the Golem, Golem. <laughs> what? No, you're serious. Shut up. No, it's not. It's the Golem, colon. Also, probably the first recorded use of uh, colons. In no, English I think title. the English language has few more of them. I think the Bible has something to say about that. This is arguably the first prequel ever. Wikipedia tells me, because it's the first in their uh, table. Nice. Okay, I didn't know that. So it's always uh, been a thing. So I think no. Well, when we're saying it's always been a thing, I think telling stories around the timeline that your characters are based in because you want to know more about them before the said event or after. I think that's been around for a very long time. One of the you know great prequels I'd say is The Godfather Two, which serves as a prequel and a sequel. Uh, it does yeah. both, and um, you know it's De Niro playing young Vito Corleone and how he. Came to the rise of power because you see that all you know as an old man what he stands to lose in the first film and the second film you get to see both you get to see his son rise to the top of his game and at the same time you get to see how how that works concurrently with his father's story so I think it's always been there like one of the greatest and Godfather is like one of the most critically acclaimed films of all time and it is a the Godfather two specifically and it's a prequel in many ways so I think it's. When we talk about prequels or sequels, I think the commonplace thing to think about is that oh, we're thinking about in terms of these long-winded kind of big IPs, blockbuster IPs, you know, for example, like a Star Wars or Star Trek, etc. But I think it's just there in all storytelling because it's just a nice way to round out characters and give them development. Okay, maybe. Wow, but there's no maybe. Is agree, strongly agree, disagree, or strongly disagree? Yeah, you strongly disagreed, didn't you? I disagreed. I didn't. You disagreed. Disagree. Okay, I think the way we're defining prequelitis, and I know this because I wrote the statement, is not just prequels. We're kind of uh, dealing with this itis trend of tacking prequels on two stories that have no basis necessarily. We're thinking a Rings of Power or mm-hmm. a House of the Dragon mm-hmm. or a Fantastic Beast, where clearly at least the commercial motivations for the prequels are hey we need to continue these stories but we tied everything up with such a neat bow let's just go 500 years back into the future and tell stories set in the same world yeah. will they be good we don't know we hope so will they be great yes fantastic beasts is but <laughs> strongly wait, agree but this is what we're defining as prequelitis you know what jishnu used to say the best thing which is that you know what he says about harry potter and where we agree which is that you know harry potter's world is fantastic pun I guess intended, <laughs> but I think it's know, beastly. Uh, <laughs> the worlds are lovely. The worlds are great, and you want to live more in those worlds. And that's why setting a prequel back, maybe a thousand years or fifty years, whatever it is, Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings or House of the Dragon, still allows you to kind of work in those settings, but tell you a completely new story. So it's technically not a prequel. 
Oh, I would disagree. So Fantastic Beast starts out as technically not a prequel, just something set in an earlier period in the world. Right, and yeah. yet now we are at a stage where they're literally just telling us but the story of Dumbledore. But that's a little Dumbledore. close, man. It's like, it's still too close. Too close in what way? So House of the Dragon and Rings of Power are set in completely different ages. Or so if you're reading the High Republic series in Star Wars right now, it's set 100 years before The Phantom Menace. So that gives you enough time to kind of play in the world without setting up like in anything. In theory, yes. But what is Fantastic Beast doing? Yeah, but Fantastic Beast is still closer in the timeline than some of those properties. What are. is Rings of Power going to do? It's going to end with Smeagol getting the ring. Correct. That's my theory. Jishnu, do you strongly agree or disagree? I don't quite know, man. Because like, <clears throat> the question is itself... Like, literally not I'm, an option. Chalo, I'll say agree. But I mean, I don't... You're saying it's the new sequelitis? Yes, people have like sort of more recently gotten more excited at let's set it 100 years prior as opposed to 100 years post. Yeah. So let's go off your God of your Godfather example. God of um, War also <laughs> as a sequel coming out. What do you count Back to the Future Part 2 as? It's a prequel sequel like uh, Godfather Part 2. Right. Now there is a world that has not been like established, established. But he had, when he made the first part, when they wrote the first part, they saw a trajectory of three films Right? Yeah, I'd and they seeded it appropriately. I mean, it's a sequel. I think it's different if it's planned out. You know, now planning is is, is purview. You Why know, is like Back to the Future two a prequel compared to Part one? Part two sets up how Hill Valley operated in the past and how it got to no, where no, it no, is that's in Part, part one. Yes. Part two is oh, where he goes into the ah, future. Jesus Christ! Oh, I'm so all Back to the around. Future is a prequel. <laughs> but I will say this: <laughs> <I'm all laughs> that there is a prequel element to Back to the Future two because you see. The Back to the Future one okay, events let's taking be clear. place. <laughs> Just because something happened in the past doesn't make it a prequel. Like, if I have a that's, flashback, that's not a that's prequel. That's what Doc Brown says in the movie as well. A flashback is not a prequel. He says, Great Scott, it's a flashback a is a, yeah. <laughs> a flashback is a planned out part of the current story. See, and uh, Back to the Future 2, obviously not literally a flashback, but... A planned out part of the current story. Dinkar, I just don't think that prequelitis is like... It's not the new... I don't think it's a new thing. I don't see any of this as new, in okay, my opinion. Let me, let, me, let me turn the page to a slightly different thing. Think of it this way. If we're talking about sequels and prequels as direct before or after one particular moment, what do you then make up with franchises like the MCU, unlike Lord of the Rings, unlike Harry Potter? The MCU, which has a bunch of different, quote-unquote, separate stories and separate characters, quote-unquote. You have Iron Man 1, you then have Cap, right? These are two movies set in completely different eras, different times. They are related only by a post-credit scene, right? The entire movie itself is a separate entity to mm. the other one. But they are part of a direct linear timeline if you have a macroscopic view. Yeah. So now, would you call those as sequels? Would you call Cap a sequel to Iron Man 1? No. No, right? No. However... It is a follow-up to that story in a timeline, right? Yes. Like in, in one person's mind. Hey, semantically. Because we're talking about the itisness of it. Like, so where where so does the, the problem begin and where does the problem end? So what is sequelitis, right? Sequelitis, the way I'm defining it for the purposes of Fast this Fast and Furious 10. Correct. Sequelitis is essentially piling sequels onto a story that doesn't necessarily require Oh, Fast Furious 5 then. Oh, Fast Four, Furious actually. 5, yeah. <laughs> At some point, commercial or studio interest take over and you say like, sure, let's throw in like another sequel or like we're never ending the story because there's money to be made out of this. And prequelitis... What, what if the story just needs that much time to be told? 
then sure, go for it. If the Marvel Cinematic Universe can have entire sagas or Star Wars, etc. with these same characters, why can't Fast and Furious have yeah. a part 10? Actually, it doesn't need it. But for say something like that, exactly. I love... Exactly. So okay. it's subjective. So we're talking about mm. a very specific phenomena <clears throat> where sequels have a lot of times been piled on when they're not needed. And now we're seeing that trend with prequels. Agree slash disagree. Does The Hobbit come Strongly slash not strongly. Does I The think, Hobbit fall I into disagree. this? Again. The Hobbit is a prequel series, yes. It's and not... Guys, that's How is The stretch. Hobbit not a prequel series? Yo, it's not a fucking prequel. I mean, like, it is, but The Hobbit was... It's just a movie that was made after the the Lord of the Rings. Okay, but the perhaps. Hobbit was first written. Like that's the first book. It just we decided to tell this later story first. I it's would like Star Wars. Uh, so it, the books are definitely like that. But I think the movies were kind of built as a prequel series. I mean, it's just not? because it's by the same director and set in the same universe, so he has to invoke some. And dude, some of that stuff was set up so well. Like you know, when he fights the trolls that turn to stone, like in an unexpected journey. Those are the same ones that are there in Fellowship that they cross. You know that Correct. the the. Yes. Like so, I just think that it's not the same level of foresight that a George Lucas has. Maybe they intended to do the Hobbit series at some point, and maybe they set some stuff up. But the Hobbit is not, in my opinion, it's not a prequel. Like it's another movie series. Okay. I, I know it has all. We the are same once characters. again getting into the semantics of what yeah. qualifies as a prequel or not. Yeah. My cue is: Do you feel like? There I don't think you can count the Hobbit. <laughs> I didn't feel House of the Dragon. I get because that's a completely brand new story. Lord of the Rings, the new Rings sure. of Power, don't have the the literary material to draw from. They're just based going on the off fact of, that the lead character in the Hobbit is our primary introduction into the main but story. But I tell you why it's different is because like the Hobbit in theory should have been made first. Like that's the that's the should first have been book. For, who cares about should have and yeah, that's the first like, book. That's the series. Sure. If you, no, no, if, no, if, you, no if, if we said the Hobbit was made first, just, if just, the Hobbit was ignore, made first, and then the Lord of the Rings, and then the Lord of the Rings, then you'd be like, oh, these are sequels to the Hobbit. You I mean, cannot, you cannot yes, think of source material because then every comic book movie we have ever talked about is completely nullified by the fact that it was based on a comic written fifty years ago, which had a different timeline of things. Yeah, I agree. So the Hobbit movie, the Hobbit movie is a reaction to the success of New Lines. 1999 Fellowship of the Ring series. The Fellowship of the Ring series did so well. They said we want this tiny book to be expounded into three movies because you can make three movies clearly really well. So do three more. Yeah, I don't that agree with maybe it, it, it being like three movies or whatever. Sounds maybe like that, I, that sounds like fine. A, sounds a pretty it's, itic to me. No, it's not. It's a 300 that, okay, page it's book. It's an itic. It's a 300 page book. They just that could have been one book. hour. They made yeah, it. Okay, cool. I'm not nine. agreeing with how long they should have kept the movies. So but it's an itic at the very least. No, but the Hobbit is written. It's an itic. It was written like nobody. I think the Hobbit is the best example of itic. Written before the script for the Lord of the Rings. No, but it's not a. Well, we're talking about the films, aren't no, we? I can't, it's I it's can't a agree festering this. This, is, this is bullshit. Here <laughs> is the next statement. This is bullshit. This I is oh, hear nothing about prepare the Hobbit. yourselves. I know everything about the Hobbit. I'm talking about the movies. I don't care. <laughs> That's my statement. That, that was their problem too. They didn't either. They just made them. <laughs> I love those movies. Okay. Uh, so what? I'm just no no. Since Nobody denies debating. your love. We just also acknowledge. <laughs> it's great all right. movies. The statement yeah. Gonna burn you all I'm warning you You said frenzy Prequels do not stand on their own What? Prequels <laughs> do not stand on their own Do sequels stand on their own? You tell us I don't know like, uh, uh, Prequels do not stand on their own Can you Okay wait yeah. Okay A that's prequel. your statement Can you expound before I, I, I reply I disagree I think No he's not supposed to expound You're yeah. not supposed right. to agree or disagree Oh this is Fine. just ba- baseless judgments <laughs> we have to make Alright chill Isn't I'm, everything <laughs> yeah. Isn't everything we're doing baseless judgments? Yes, it is. Uh, prequels don't stand on their own. Do you think a prequel film, uh, like, does not stand on its own merits? Yeah, because I think the prequel is just a fruit from a tree, 
Mm-hmm. The tree had to come first before that fruit. If, so if you didn't have that tree, you, could, you wouldn't exist. Let's put it this way: If we're saying the Godfather Two is a prequel, yeah, does it stand on its own? I think it film? stands on its own. I think it's a great movie. It stands on its I own. I mean, if the first one wasn't made, then you wouldn't even have Godfather oh, Two, would you? Oh gosh, listen, my hey, friend. we're making value judgments about random listen, statements. Okay, that's I why if the Hobbit well, didn't exist, the Lord of the Rings would not exist. You asses. Say that again. All right. What? So just saying. Say that again. The Hobbit uh-huh. had to exist for the Lord of the Rings to exist. Which the book of the movie? You're talking about the book, you dumbass. We're talking about movies. Not taking any of this. Then cut. It's my favorite book. Yeah. Go on. What do you? What? What? Where, what angle think, are you coming at? I think from? the Godfather two could exist without the Godfather. And you know what else could exist and has made actually a great point for a gateway entry into Star Wars? Rogue One. Rogue One is a movie that is a prequel in theory, but on its on its I'm own. I'm talking very pedantically, just for the fun of it, on the really? exact minutia. Why are we getting any further into this? No, All we're talking this. about. <laughs> is, what is your question? I'm not saying a question. I'm you're asking your question. No, you're you're making a question. You're making a Answer statement. Answer my question. You're saying you're not asking a question. You're <laughs> yeah. making a statement. I made a statement. <laughs> I'm stating further. Question my statement. I'm overstating. <laughs> so your statement was: uh, Can a prequel stand on its own? Jishnu's like, explain yourself. A prequel and or sequel requires a quill to be existing in the first place. If there is no quill, you can't pre or see it. Right? I think well, a good sequel like The Godfather. 2. Okay, Dark Knight. Chalo, Dark mm. Knight. Stands one of the on greatest, own. greatest films ever. You don't Stands have to have own. seen anything prior. Correct. However, had Batman Begins not been a success, they wouldn't have greenlit Dark Knight. That's no, but different. you don't think he could have made I'm Dark Knight without making Batman Begins? Of course yeah. he could. Yeah, you so. could make you could make Episode Nine, Rise of Skywalker, without making the other eight movies. But they wouldn't. Now because my controversial the, statement. The first the first movie was a was the best script, so that's why he put that out first. See, you can make a sequel. That stands on its own, like the Dark Knight. And my burning hot take is, you can't do that with a prequel. I think you can. Okay, cool, thanks. But the other <laughs> thing is that, you know, I think the longer we get into IPs and their films and their timelines, I think invariably you're going to come across films that are great prequels and that stand on their own because they will have to fit somewhere in the timeline. And if it's before some of the events that are deemed as the most major events, like, like for example, like a Captain Marvel. I'm not using this. I'm just using it as an example for where it's set in the timeline. Hmm. Well before the events of the Infinity Saga, set in the 90s, can work on its own as a film. Doesn't sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I think the longer we get into the timeline of things, you're going to find films that are made in a specific point of the saga where it is a prequel to something and it will stand on its own because it's good. Well, that behooves us hmm. uh, to ask a question of ourselves. What do we think a good prequel is? So I agree with you guys, yeah. by the way. This is all just a test. And y'all, <laughs> I don't know if y'all passed oh or not. God. We'll see when the results come. Results will be announced in April. Oh no. Next April. <laughs> but <laughs> I think one reason Rogue One stands so strongly on its own is that the prequel structure of it is really just a jumping off point, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It tells a story with whole new characters. Exactly, that is the and it, point. Like yeah. the only real like connection, I mean, of course it has a super strong connection, but that connection is just a sort of skin, you know? the the Like the, Winamp. Exactly, like quite literally I'm using it in that context. It's just a skin. The engine underneath is the same. Correct. It's got a great story. It's got brilliant characters and it tells us so many more new things, Mm. which brings us to our final statement. A prequel works best when it adds new story to the mix. Absolutely, strongly agree. But what prequel doesn't add new story? So what I define as prequelitis is a lot of filling in the blank type storytelling, like such as Fantastic Beasts going like, uh, well, remember when we told you that thing about Dumbledore and uh, Grindelwald? Yeah. Now here is all of here it, it is, but, but not really. told over like three <laughs> yeah, hours of movie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. knew the beats of the story already. Right. They're just fleshing it out with 
all sorts of oh, random so, so, so that way, yeah, you're saying Fantastic Beasts 1 is far better because it is a genuinely new story with new characters fresh and new story, everything. Fresh elements, yes. But part 2 and part 3, not so much because it's rehashing a story that wasn't fleshed out, but not a story that we needed to be fleshed yeah, out. No, I think the, I think the idea tell of us, them yeah, going in that direction like, was tell fine. Tell us something we don't know. Tell us something know. new, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And do it well. That's and do it well. Im- that's yeah. the most important thing. Do you know if I t- take an example like Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus series, it's a sequel to some people and a prequel to some, right? Because it bridges the gap between two series. Mm-hmm. And what they do in that show with the two principal characters is exactly what we want, right? Which is add new meaning, new value to characters that are already so rich, but you still can tell new stories. You still can tell them, tell us something about them that we didn't know and bridge that gap fairly. So I think Obi-Wan by itself stands as a prequel series to A New Hope or as a sequel series to Revenge of the Sith, whichever way you want to look at it. I think it does do that thing, which is that you can take somebody you think you know so well because you've seen over six movies of them or just about and still tell you something that you needed to know that you didn't. And that's what you can get with a prequel. Yeah. Let me pose one to you. Let's take another franchise that we Are love. Are you posing a statement? I'm posing oh, a question. He's posing up a whole I'm posing, storm. I'm posing up posing well a storm. Done. Look, cool. franchise that we love, X-Men. Now, love X-Men. that is a three-part prequel series, right? The first of which, first class, excellent movie. Right, mm-hmm. it Brilliant. is touching on ground that we have tread before, which is the birth of the X Men. They've been we've seen it in many different forms over the years. That story being told in many ways, but it is a great story because not necessarily because of new characters so much, but just because they did it well. They just did the origin story really well, and it's very compelling and it's great. However, would we call Days of Future Past and, terrible movie. and the Apocalypse? Yes. Would they be sequelitis? Do the first class thing or is it just another prequel that was not done well? How do you draw that distinction? Well, amazingly, those two movies pull off something never done otherwise. (laughs) They are both terrible prequels and And terrible sequels. sequels. I agree with you, man. That's what I'm saying. I think just the longer these timelines go, wherever you slot a film in it, either as a prequel or a sequel to something, and whichever is first, becomes a prequel the prequel for everything else until it's not you know so I'm, if you look I'm at this as that. a trilogy also yeah. they're barely connected so here's my question the fact yeah. that the same actors are returning they're to really play the roles so they're you not count, really a trilogy would you count origin stories as prequels like something like Batman Begins or uh, Joker even like for example I wouldn't example? call Batman Begins a prequel because oh. it's, it's, the, it's, it's the first, the first thing, one like, yeah. yeah but pre requires context right? yeah, but you're seeing yeah, and right. C requires context too I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, if we cut straight into The Dark Knight, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's a Yeah, sure. If we begin with The Dark Knight, that's our introduction to this character. So a prequel just necessarily has to be a movie about a specific character, okay. but bef- after that first let, one is released. Let, 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 okay. let, 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 let a, story, a story is like, let's just, Tell like your textbook definition is like, uh, <laughs> this is a finite story with a beginning, middle and end, right? Yeah, yeah. A prequel is... Actually, before the beginning, there was this. Okay, would we count James Mangold's Logan, My One True Love, mm-hmm. a sequel? Which and one? Did it come out in 2017? The Logan? <laughs> Pretty the Logan? The Logan. Is it a sequel? Because it's not based on any one particular timeline or narrative, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it's part and of it's that standalone. bad trilogy of his. <laughs> it is It is part of the... I mean, the ma- one who started with the, one of the worst movies ever and yeah. ended with one of the best but, movies ever. I would but count you it as a sequel, seen, but maybe not but, a direct sequel. Yeah, now this is spiritual where spiritual sequel. Yeah, see, so What's yeah. a spiritual prequel then. But see, uh, that's why that's why I love it so much because Logan and Dark Knight are two very good examples of where you don't have to have seen anything prior to the fact. And Logan more so than sequels Dark Knight. Sequels stand on their own. Stand on their say. own. Well, what about but, prequels? That but stand but Logan, own. unlike Dark Knight, has even less tied into it with the previous movie. Yeah, good. No, right? Nice. Thanks. Give us, give us your one nice, one bad prequels. 
Alright, so here's my one nice. My one nice is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Actually, the entire trilogy is Rock one of my power. favorites. It's a prequel. Yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I just abbreviated it. Oh. <laughs> yes, that. Um, obviously, there's a whole Planet of the Apes uh, movie trilogy that with Charlton Heston and all that stuff which happened in the 70s, uh, 60s, 70s, one of them. And this kind of really winds the clock back to how we even got to being a Planet of the Apes. So while it... Um, Causes for a lengthy title each time. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. and War of the Planet of the Apes. Man, um, you had Rise, you had Dawn. You gotta have a set, no? It is a set. So what's... Oh, oh like a set. set of the Planet of the Apes. It's not Richard Linklater didn't direct these, don't <laughs> worry. But um, I will say that these three films are very much slept on. Some of the best movies I've ever seen. It's one of the strongest trilogies I've ever seen. And incredible set of prequels that do exactly what we've been talking about, which is take um, like newer characters, obviously, but then like kind of really make it meaningful to why we exist on this version of the planet. And it's great. Do you think Planet of the Apes, the original, mm-hmm. the twist at the end of it mm. is that the entire movie had Earth as the prequel. Yeah. That Give us your sense. one bad prequel. Oh, well, well done. <laughs> My one bad prequel is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, I, I recently so. rewatched it. Because, really? Yeah. Huh. Because I just wanted, I, I like rewatching some of the older stuff just to see where it has any merit. And this movie absolutely does not. It's a movie that was plagued right from the start because of, in a rare occurrence, the entire film was uh, leaked like months before it was supposed to release officially. Mm-hmm. And it was leaked without the VFX being completed. So it was one of the most sad kind of... It didn't help that the movie's also really bad. That's a really, really bad, badly made movie. Very, very poorly directed. Wastes Gambit and some of the characters that we love. And man, the CGI is so bad. Even when it was done, Jesus Christ. It also is infamous for introducing Deadpool, albeit with his mouth sewn shut. You're talking about this movie, which is a prequel to Deadpool, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you could. One could see it that way because in Deadpool two, at the end it of the movie, he, he gets the canonizes it. Mm-hmm. He canonizes it maybe because he's Deadpool and that's his power, and maybe because it's just a comedy. But yeah, he goes and erases the first uh, Deadpool appearance from ever happening, <laughs> which I found quite funny. So yeah, those are two. I will say this about X Men Origins Wolverine: I haven't rewatched it since it came out, mm-hmm. but. I remember it so well. <laughs> it is memorable. It's I'll give it that. Damn bad. It's not boring. It's not boring. It didn't commit the Cardinals. So. Yes. Give yeah, us your maybe. one nice, one bads, Jugs. So the one nice is the uh, the other X Men movie, the good one, X Men First Class. Ah, oh, nice. I think it's the perf- uh, it's alongside Rogue One. It's a people it's a sleeping on that as well. Yeah, like it's so a breath of fresh air. Don't get talked about enough. It's a yeah. totally different tonal shift. Mm-hmm. Familiar characters, a lot of similar characters, uh, but still the tonal shift is enough to give it new life and mm. it's a tight story stands on its own two feet it has a beginning middle and end didn't need to be dragged on further into part two and three of that trilogy but hey yeah. that first part itself you is... know who's great in that movie Kevin Bacon yeah what movie so is he not good. great in no I mean yeah. like uh, he's like a supposed to be I guess like the throwaway villain of that but mm-hmm. man he's, he's got like gravitas in so that good. by being the one who subjugates or at least you know controls Magneto as a kid to kind yeah. of exact you remember how vengeance. big his helmet was insane like, so big because it, it has to fit Magneto's head I guess so <laughs> eventually <laughs> but yeah so good Sebastian and, uh, Shaw that's who he plays anyway one the, bad the worst pick of the, <laughs> the, the, the my pick of the litter no pun intended uh-huh. Cruella the oh, origin story for 101 Dalmatians I thought it was quite good man. oh my good god no? Ooh, boy. Wow. I tried watching it three times. 
and I didn't finish it once. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, like I love Hundred and One Dalmatians. I have a strong connection with that movie because for years, when I was a kid, when that movie came out, when you were flying on international flights and they had the one giant TV per yeah. per cabin, yeah. per wing of the cabin, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, because I was like a cute six year old, I would like tell my dad like, You're a "Can you ask drugs?" Sorry? You're a cute adult. Oh, thanks. I would tell my dad, hey, can you tell them to play the movie? And then he'd call the flight attendant and she'd be like, yeah, I mean, you if you asked. That? Exactly. You can choose. Exactly. You See, can, you because can they would play, the the they would play whatever they want to play. They would play whatever they want to play unless you just ask them to play whatever. And I'm like, I'm a cute this kid. This hack comes you know, way like, too late. They would give me my Jet Kids <laughs> my Jet Kids backpack with like a puzzle and some coloring oh, stuff. Man, and they'd be like, chalo, 101 Dimensions. So I've seen 101 Dimensions on a plane with audio th- that too. That's that so uh, many Samuel times. Jackson movie. And then in walks Emma Stone, <laughs> who I love. <laughs> I love Emma Stone. It's great. Oh, Emma I love Thompson, Emma Thompson. Oh, yes, she's exactly. Right. I love Emma Thompson. I love Emma Stone. Emma v. Emma. I love Dalmatians. I love all Emma 101 also, of them. Just the book. And man, <laughs> the movie also. This is a horrible, horrible movie. Oh man. man just, you know, I heard such nice things about it. Well, you know, garbage. it begs the question maybe we'll see it for another episode. I thought it had some interesting vibes. No, you saw it what then, huh? No, I they, seen it, they no. had a nice budget for art direction. Yippee for them. But right. man, it was shit. So, so here's a good question that has been going around the, on the Twitters of late that is worth pondering on. Do we need to see a, a villain led They're going to make a Thunderbolts for the Disney classic films, basically. The, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's yeah Ursula and Scar and Cruella, they you all know, get like, together. Yeah, and, so you know. I'm just like, why do we need to see the Joker's origin? Or why do we need to see Cruella's origin? I mean, they're, they're horrible people. Yeah. Why do we even know why? The, I mean, how? I don't mind the empathy, but you don't have to put that in a solo film. I don't know. It's an interesting question. It I is mean, an interesting question. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is a statements episode. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my, I'm going slightly modern with my picks, but uh, my one nice is better called Saul. An the example best. of a prequel done so well. Mm. It's drawing to an end. It's concluding yeah. its own run now. No uh, spoilers. I haven't finished last season. Yeah, neither have I. No spoilers. I haven't seen the show, but I would like to. Don't have sleep, you finished don't, don't Breaking Bad? Pages? Yeah, yeah. A long oh, time ago. Nice. Many years cool. ago. Don't sleep on it. Yeah. Great show. Literally checks all the boxes for what a good prequel is that we have uh, discussed so far. My one bad is a very recent film I saw. It's called Minions. The oh. Rise of Gru. Oh, I want to watch it so badly. Did you dress up in a suit and go? Otherwise, it doesn't count. No, I didn't. It was oh, that no. bad? Yeah, I, I didn't uh, I didn't gentle minions it. You I did wear my minions. minions t-shirt, which is white, but in sunlight, the minions turn yellow. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Very oh, not cool. good? No, I mean, it is so... It's the origin story of his mom or something, right? It's the origin story it's of his him. Dame I mean, Judy, I mean, it's got Judy him and... Dench, not Dame Dujan. No. Uh, Julie Andrews is Julie in Andrews, it. Yeah. Uh, yes, and a solid cast, like a soundtrack with some bangers, in theory. Jack Antonoff, like, basically got all these cool artists to do songs from the 70s, and it's Hello. got the 70s vibe happening. Alan Arkin is like <laughs> the, one of the main, uh, wow. like, sort of mentors to young Gru. But it's Gru as a kid. he's still... Got it. I yeah. know. I was amazed. Yeah. And yeah. the story is about him basically being so old that he gets kicked out from his supervillain league that Gru is a big fan of. And so it becomes about the relationship between the two of them. But it does nothing. It's not particularly funny. It's not got like any emotional moments. Isn't it also um, supposed to be like a very kids kind of movie? So was Despicable Me the first. And I thought that was a very good movie. I enjoyed that first one. Despicable yeah. Me 2, also highly enjoyable. Hey, how many are in this franchise There's now? There are three. And then there was another... There was uh, another. Uh, there was a minion, there was only three. Then there was Minions, Just which minions. was a standalone, a standalone uh, thing one. about the Minions. So Minions is catching up. The they're, on, they're on five. Now. Yeah, it's getting something there. like that. But I think this they're is only half. Th- of this there are more Minions movies than Matrix movies. It's okay. I think that's that crazy. Is probably fine true. with that. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. That's exactly the same number. 
This is, however, the origin story of how the minions met Gru, which is fascinating. We needed that question answered, and finally, it has been. Nice. Yeah. That's so that's that. Anyway, it's a bad movie. I didn't particularly enjoy it. Don't watch it. Oh, I was gonna go watch it. Okay, chalo. I'll wear a suit. Let's go. <laughs> that's only way I want to go watch it is if I'm wearing a suit. Anyway, all right. So those were our one nice, one bad on prequels. I don't think we ever settled on whether the prequelitis is as bad or is as is the new sequelitis. I think it's. I think we've settled on what can be done to make a prequel good, and it would behoove. It's the same thing that you do to make, <laughs> to make any, any movie, movie good. <laughs> exactly. People forget that. That is what prequelitis is. When you toss the rules of a good movie out the window and go like, "We'll just make a thing before the thing you saw," I'm sure you'll enjoy it. That's prequelitis. Assume nothing. Assume nothing. I agree. When but you I assume, do, I, I am. You make a I, you out of my ass. Is yes. this true? Uh, I'm okay with not answering that, and uh, you and me out of your ass. But then, yes. anyway, I will say that I'm still excited about some of the prequels that we start this episode off with, like House of the Dragon and uh, Rings of Power. Exactly, I think those are cool. If they make a great standalone story, with yeah, because the worlds are great. The worlds yeah. are great. Exactly, and I'd love. Yeah, so much them. potential. Don't want, ruin it, friends. I want, but I want Rings of Power to succeed over Game of Thrones. Ooh, it's a versus situation. Yeah, it? it is. It totally is. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Dude, every time House of Dragon has released a trailer or a teaser, Rings of Power has done one. Then Rings of Power does one, then House of Dragon does one. It's on, bro. They're both coming out at the same time. Can you believe that? GRR, VJRR. Yeah. We're it's about the RR. RR, RR. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, what is prequelitis? What is a good prequel? Give us your one nice, one bad prequels. Reach out to us at HQ on all the socials. Bye-bye. This was an episode of The Nerdatorium, a geek fruit podcast hosted by me, Tejas, and my two besties, Dinkar and Jishnu, recorded at Island City Studios in Mumbai, produced by Niketna Kamal, recorded by audio engineer Harsh Desai, and edited by Lakshman Parasaram. This was a Made in India production.